if you brought your Bibles this morning, and I hope that you have, turn with me to the book of James. Let's go to the, to the very end of the book of James. Let's go to James chapter 5. I want to start there this morning. I want to start in about the uh, uh, 13th verse, uh, and we'll go on through the end of the chapter. James chapter 5, beginning with verse 13. Jennifer, thank you. <clears throat> James chapter 5, verse 13 begins and says, Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. Thank you. And he prayed again. And the heaven gave rain and the earth brought forth her fruit. Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth, and one convert him, let him know that he which converteth the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death, and shall hide a multitude of sins. Let us pray together. Heavenly Father, we just humbly come before you one more time here this morning. We thank you, Lord, for the good day and for the many blessings. We thank you for the opportunity you've given us to gather here this morning in your name. We thank you, Lord, for the nation that we live in, the freedom that we have to, uh, to be able to come here without any kind of fear of persecution or anything like that. We thank you, Lord, for the blessings you've poured out on us. We thank you, Lord, for each one who's fought and died and sacrificed and bled uh, so that we might have this freedom that we enjoy here this morning. We thank you, Lord, for... Uh, not only that sacrifice, but we thank you, Lord, for the greatest sacrifice. Lord, that you give your only begotten Son that we might be able to have life and have that life eternally and abundantly. Lord, let us not take that lightly or take it for granted. And Lord, I just pray here this morning that as we go forward in this service, I think about all these things that we have to be thankful for, but we also have many needs, and it doesn't even seem right to come to you with needs, but you tell us to cast our cares upon you. And so, Lord, and I think of the greatest need is salvation. And there's so many among us, so many of our friends and our loved ones and people that we interact with every day who do not know you, who are lost and undone, uh, or who you know just openly reject you or in rebellion against you. And it grieves our heart, Lord. And so, Lord, my prayer this morning is, is that you just move in this service in a mighty way. Uh, in a time that we need encouragement, Lord, I'm asking that you would encourage us, that you would pick us up, that you would strengthen us. God, my prayer this morning is, is you know every need, you know every heart here this morning. 
And I hope that everyone here is saved. But God, you know, you're the only one that knows their true condition. And so, Lord, if there's any among us that is lost and undone, any that's not sure of where they stand with you, Lord, let today be the day that they would repent and get things right with you before it's everlasting too late. And so, Lord, whatever the needs is here among us this morning, uh, whether it's to get saved, whether it's just to be encouraged, whether it's, uh, uh, you know, an illness, whatever it is, God, I just pray that you would meet each one of those needs here this morning. And, Lord, I also pray uh, for our service, but I also pray for me. I need your help here this morning. Uh, God, I can't do this without you. I can't preach without you. i got nothing worth saying lest you give it to me. So, Lord, I'm asking that you clear my mind of everything except for your message, your thoughts, your words, and that you'd place on my tongue the very words you'd have me to speak this morning, and that you'd help me just to, to, to preach it in a way that pleases you and glorifies you. Uh, Lord, my desire is to preach from my spirit to their spirit. Lord, I pray that each one would have ears to hear what you would say to them through the message by your spirit here this morning, and we'll be sure and give you every bit of the glory for it. Lord, have your way and your will in our midst. Touch us, lift us up, encourage us, convict us. Lord, if there's one lost, let today be the day they get saved. Don't give them any peace. Don't give them any rest until they repent and get things right with you. Lord, I'm just asking, have your way and your will in our midst, and we'll give you the glory. We love you. We worship you. We praise your holy name. We ask it all in the precious and holy name of Jesus. Amen. The thought, I mean, obviously with this passage of Scripture, uh, prayer is something that's on my mind. Um, we talked some about prayer this morning as things were getting started in the Sunday school class. Um, I've heard so many people this week, uh, you know, just in a public arena, in a public setting, um, be disparaging of prayer. What I mean by that is just, you know, almost, it's almost common, uh, not, not even common, what's the word I want to use here? It's almost applauded to mock prayer. Uh, we have, you know, I can remember, I'm not very old, all right? I keep telling myself that and it's true. I'm a young man, but even in my short life, I can remember a time that even somebody totally lost Somebody completely in, re in rebellion against God appreciated the prayers of a Christian. They at least would not openly mock it. We live in a day and time where people say, I'm tired of hearing that you're sending your thoughts and your prayers. You see that. I mean, turn on the TV Get on the you know, internet. Talk to somebody who is not a Christian uh, and offer your prayers. And if they're a very courteous person or maybe a little bit you know, from an older generation, then they'll be accepting. But if, but if they're not or they're younger or they're, you know, I mean, it's just so you just see it all the time. And I saw something earlier today where they, you know, it was talking about, you not today, but earlier this week, where it was talking about Ukraine and, you know, and they were saying, you know, nobody cares about your, your thoughts and your prayers, you know, physically do something and I thought what a fundamental misunderstanding of what prayer is what a fundamental under misunderstanding 
of what prayer does. And so that is what God used to initiate this thought in my mind that I'm preaching to you this morning. And so when I think about that, I think, how has it gotten that way? How have we gotten to the point that we've gotten to? And one of the things I think about is so many of us Christians, so many of the church, pretty much prayerless, right? I mean, you know, you might say a prayer here or there. 90% of your prayer life happens on Sunday at church. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, I think about, I guess, the other side of the coin for a minute, the ones that do believe in prayer. I think about when we take prayer requests, right? We take prayer requests here on Sunday nights, we take them on Wednesday nights, and we take them Sunday morning. Uh, usually that happens during Sunday school on Sunday morning. But then also you can get you know, prayer requests to us anytime, right? You, you can get prayer requests to me or to Jennifer uh, any uh, time whatsoever. Even the, the church's app, right, has got a place to submit prayer requests. And you can also see the prayer list on there at any time. Of course, we print the bulletin every month. That's a prayer list. We ever service. We run the prayer list on the screen so that you can see them so they're put before you. The people that ask for prayer They want our prayers. But my question is, do we faithfully pray for them? You know, many times we see someone in great need. But we find it easier to talk about their problems than to pray for them. Uh, sometimes, you know, we just talk about it because we're concerned. Sometimes the talk is not good, it's negative. But we would, we would rather just talk about it than actually pray for them. I think about people really do need and want your prayers. I think about the ones that's on our prayer list, right? The ones that's mentioned, the ones that thank enough still uh, 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 of, of prayer and of us to pray that they would come to us and they would share their prayer requests, their needs with us. They want our prayers. And I know, I know, I know how difficult it can be for us to pray. I know that we get uh, too busy. I know that we get, uh, you know, tired, right? Everybody's busy, and you, you know, work a long day, and a lot of things going on. I, I get that. I understand that. I know that sometimes we're just too lazy, uh, you know, but I just wonder what would happen if we all actually started praying. Truly believing in the power of God and taking time and spending time with God in prayer and praying not only about our own needs but about these needs that has come to us, the needs that we see, right? We would a lot rather complain about our government and the things that we see going on in the nation than to actually do the one thing that we could do that would make a difference. Unless, of course, you don't believe in the power of prayer, right? Sadly, most people 
only pray now and then when the notion hits them or when the situation pushes them to God, right? We're tempted, what I mean by that is we're tempted to only pray at times when we are confronted with the trials and the trouble and the tribulation uh, uh, that this life has for us, right? And the trials and temptations and troubles, right? When they come our way, uh, the things that we can't handle ourselves. But you see, that's the opposite of the way that it should be. Prayer should be our first instinct, not our last resort. But that's how it is, right? We are to pray not only in times of danger, obviously, obviously. Um, when a situation, I started this talking about what's going on in Ukraine, when a situation like that happens, I mean, it brings a lot of people back. There's a lot of people over there right now, I'll guarantee you, that's praying, that hadn't prayed in a long time. And when danger comes, absolutely we should be turning to God. He is our refuge, right? He is our sanctuary. That, is, that absolutely is who we should turn to. But that is not the only time, right? We should be praying at all times. The scriptures specifically, right? The Bible tells us we are to pray at all times. And then it says in another place we're to pray in all seasons. And in another place it says that we're to pray at every opportunity. But do we? Can I just take just a minute to give you a reality check? Uh, and I'm talking about me just as well as I'm talking about you. Speaking spiritually, as Christians, we are fat, we are lazy, and we are complacent. We have had it way too good for way too long, right? Right? What, what, what is it really, seriously? I mean, let's just be completely honest right now. In this moment, we can all see in the future, right? We all know that at some point in the future, we might face real persecution. But right now in our immediate future, the only thing that seems real to us is somebody halfway across the country might do something that we don't like. You'll still eat dinner tonight. Your house is not going to be bombed between now and when you get home. You'll still be right back here Next week, there's nobody going to close the doors or stop you from coming. There's not a single soul, right? It is not a reasonable expectation for any of us to have somebody hold a gun to our heads and, and if we won't reject the name of Christ, they're going to kill us, right? That's not going to happen this week. That's probably not going to happen any time in the foreseeable future. When's the last time that we've faced real persecution? You didn't face it here in the United States. I know that. You'd have to go to some remote part of the world or somewhere partway around the world probably to do that. So we, what happens? We take everything for granted. 
you get complacent. You get way too caught up, passionate, and worried about the little things. That's why we fight and split and divide and divide. And You know what I'm saying? Our prayer life goes down the tubes, right? That's how we end up with preachers. I'll guarantee you there ain't no prosperity preachers over there in Ukraine, Ukraine preaching some prosperity gospel saying that if you'll just give me, if you'll just give God a hundred dollars, he'll give you a thousand dollars. You know, you, I guarantee you there ain't none of that nonsense going on over there right now. That is the state that we're at. That's why if you go, and I am not questioning my own faith, the sincerity of my own faith or your faith, or many other Christians throughout of our land. But if you go to Revelation chapter 3 and you read about the church of Laodicea, that's why it fits us so well. We've had it too good for too long. That's why prayer requests... Praying for one another, we don't take it too serious. Once in a while, we'll go through something in our own life. It'll be a health crisis, guarantee it. It'll be a health crisis. We think we have financial crisis, but there ain't nobody here close to being homeless. And if there was, there's always something, someone, some. I mean, we, don't, we just don't understand here what it's really like. I mean, yeah, it's rough if you lose a home or car gets repossessed or something like that. It's more embarrassing than anything else. You're not, you know, for most of us, we're not in real danger of being seriously destitute. Listen to me. We've got to learn whatever it takes, but we've got to learn to get serious about our prayer lines again. Get sincere and get real with God. We've got to figure out how to pray at all times, in all seasons, and at every opportunity. We've got to understand that prayer is never out of place. How many times have we been in a situation where we ought to pray, right? We ought to be publicly praying right then, but yet we're too embarrassed or too worried about what other people might think. Listen to me, there is no circumstance in life where it would be inappropriate to pray, right? Don't, I, I'm telling you, that is what the world will be throwing at us before very long, is that it is inappropriate and make somebody uncomfortable or whatever. I am telling you scripturally, it is never out of place. There is no circumstance where it is inappropriate to prayer. Prayer is always the right thing to do. Uh, I'm telling you here this morning, pray at all times about everything. If you hear nothing else, remember that sentence. Pray at all times about everything. Everything. I'm completely against tattoos, but if you want one real bad, get that tattooed on your hand where you look at it all the time. Pray at all times about everything. Now, you might be asking why, and I'm glad that you did, because that's what I've come here to tell you this morning. Why? Why is it so important for us to pray all the time about everything? Well, I'll give you a few reasons. Number one, Prayer 
is powerful. Prayer is powerful. Um, R.A. Torrey, I don't know if you know who he is, but he's, a, uh, he, he's one of the great preachers of our time and uh, written several books, and he's written a really good one years ago. It's a classic, but years ago on prayer. And here, uh, let me read to you a quote I brought with me from him on prayer. This is what he said. Prayer is the key that unlocks all the storehouses of God's infinite grace and power. All that prayer is... And all that God, excuse me, all that God is and all that God does is at the disposal of prayer. But we must use the key. Prayer can do anything God can do. And as God can do anything, prayer can do anything. Just as God is omnipotent, prayer is omnipotent. Omnipotent means all-powerful. Just as God is all-powerful, so is prayer. All powerful. Prayer allows, I, I, you know, think about this away. Prayer allows God to do more in, I started to say days, but hours, really minutes, than what we can do on our own in a lifetime. See, without prayer, we're just going out on our own trying to accomplish something. And God, through prayer, God can do more in a few moments than what we can do on our own in a lifetime. Prayer not only has the power to change the world. And that's what I was, that was the whole thing, the whole thought in the very beginning of this. People are, you know, these different people are being disparaging of prayer and, and just, you know, mocking it and making fun of it. And I'm thinking, prayer is the thing that has the power to change the world. Whenever Jesus told uh, the disciples, he said that, you know, with the faith of a grain of mustard seed, if you tell this mountain to be removed from here, it'd be cast into the ocean, you know, it would be, right? I mean, that's my paraphrase. It's not word for word what he said. But what he's talking about there is he is, he's, ta- he's literally, they're looking at this superpower, the Roman Empire. That's the kingdom. That is the mountain. And he's saying that through, through faith, right, and, and that's a, if they would ask, if they would pray, if they would ask, it could be moved out of the way. Prayer is the one thing that has the power to change the world. It is the one thing that has the power to change our hearts, to draw us closer to God, to make us more like Jesus. Friend, let me tell you something. You ain't going to be anything like Jesus without a prayer life. Prayer. All right. So why? Why should we pray all the time about everything? So I told you, first of all, prayer is powerful. Second of all, have you ever thought about this way? Prayer goes where you and I cannot go. I shared this one time with our association uh, about going, prayer going where we can't go, having to do with missionaries. But think about it for a minute, it's true. We talk about missions and we talk about missionaries. We want to be a part of what they're doing for God. Uh, you know, like Jimmy said in Sunday school, we might not want to send our baby to the Ivory Coast, but I mean, you know, as we grow up, we want to be a part of what God is doing. Listen to me. 
There's no better way. There, there's two things that we need to be doing. We need to be giving, right? That's why we got that little church house set up back there. That's why we do the special uh, you know, fundraisers and special offerings and things like that. So we need to be giving and we need to be praying. Um, Wesley uh, Dwell, which was a missionary from a few years ago, he said this. He said, through prayer, you can accompany any missionary to remote reaches of the earth. Through prayer, you can walk through crowded bazaars, minister in, in steaming jungles, feed millions of starving men, women, and children, hungry for not only their bodies, but for the bread of life. Through prayer. Listen to me, church. The same is still true today. Right? For those that are on the mission field, we need, to be, we need to be giving to support them, and we are. I'm proud of you all on that. But we also need to be praying for them, right? We need to be praying for them, and we go with them when we do, uh, when we pray for them. I'm telling you here this morning, we need to pray. Pray for them. Pray that they would live holy lives, right? Pray that they would make uh, the right decisions, that they would make wise, godly decisions. Uh, pray that they would would remain passionate about, uh, about uh, serving God and spreading the gospel, right? They need our prayers to he help keep them lifted up and to keep them encouraged, right? I mean, think about that for just a minute. Think about how many have left the mission field or things have went sideways in the mission field because they've not lived, they've not continued to live the life that God requires of them. They've not continued to live a holy life. Think about how many, I mean... I bet we can't even really imagine the decisions that they have to make, right? And they need to be able to make the right one, wise ones, godly decisions, right? And pray that they wouldn't get burned out, that they wouldn't grow weary in well-doing, but they would remain passionate, passionate about serving God. I mean, think about what these folks are doing. They're selling everything. They're leaving everything. They're going somewhere uh, where they have no connection whatsoever. I mean, it's not like they're moving to where they've got family or something like that. They're a lot of times going halfway around the world that speaks another language with a completely different culture. They pick up their families and go, if that's the case. Pray that they wouldn't lose that zeal. They wouldn't lose that passion to serve God and to spread His gospel, His good news. So why? Why should we pray all the time about everything? Well, I told you prayer is powerful. Prayer goes where, goes where we cannot physically go. Prayer also gives insight. Right? When we pray, that is an intimate, immediate connection with God. Right? That's the right way to say that, I think. It connects us with God. Think about it. God is, I said a while ago, He is omnipotent. He's all-powerful. He is also omniscient. That means He's all-knowing. God knows everything. Do you realize how nice that is to be tapped into the one that knows everything? When we listen in prayer, God gives us insight into things. Seriously. So often when we pray, all we do is we just run off of the mouth, right? We say everything that we can possibly think that we think to say. But we never spend any time just quietly communing with God and listening. Well, he'll speak to your heart, I'll guarantee you. When we don't know what to do, 
God does. When we pray, He will answer. He may just turn on the light bulb and make it clear to you. He may, uh, most likely, you'll be reading your scripture and He will answer your prayer right there. Maybe sometimes it's through another person, right? Maybe sometimes, uh, you know, He'll send somebody along at the right time, at the right place. God gives us wisdom, gives us insight uh, into whatever the problem may be, right? Strength to face whatever tough issue that we might be facing. Discernment for the time of need. Uh, Henrietta Myers wrote, and I, I usually write it in the front of every one of my Bibles. I like to quote her. And anyway, she said, prayer moves the hand that moves the world. Prayer moves the hand that moves the world. So why should we pray all the time about everything? Well, for one, prayer is powerful. Prayer goes where we can't. Prayer gives us insight into things. that shows us things that we couldn't see otherwise. And prayer provides as well, right? Philippians 4.19 promises us that God shall supply all of our... Uh, well, as a matter of fact, it says that God shall supply all of your need according to to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. We have so many needs. And at times it can be overwhelming. But through prayer, God provides for us. That's why it says in Philippians 4, 6, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known or be made known unto God. Matthew uh, chapter 7 and verse 7, and Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount said, Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. John chapter, 5, or chapter 16 and verse 24 says, Hitherto have ye asked uh, nothing in my name. Ask and ye shall receive that your joy may be full. You know, let me give you another way to think about it. Even though God knows what we need. Right? I mean, you ever thought about that? God knows what you need. He knows it before you know it. Right? There is nothing that God doesn't know. Right? He knows what I, he, he, he knew what I needed yesterday. He knows what I need today. And He knows what I'm going to need tomorrow before I even realize or know what I'm going to need. So it's not like you are supplying him with information that he did not already have. But you see, in his infinite wisdom, he has chosen to provide for us through prayer. He wants to make sure that we understand, that we realize that we are reliant on him for everything. All of our needs, right? Everything, right? The, the, you know, we can think about this is mine and I earned this and I did this. No, baloney, it's all God's. And you're just a steward of it. He has just allowed you uh, to temporarily uh, take care of it. It's His. He provides everything. Every bit of whatever it is that we need, even the very breath that you are drawing right now, God supplies it. 
And God has chosen to meet our needs, to provide for us through prayer. Let me say it to you this way. Don't expect to receive without first having asked. Don't expect to receive anything from God without first having asked. I, I, I know sometimes God just does things and we don't know and we didn't realize and, and so on and so forth. But I'm just talking general here, rule of thumb. We need to get in the habit of, of depending and showing our dependence on God and asking Him for everything. Just get in your mind now. Don't expect to receive anything unless you first ask God for it. Right? In other words, unless you first talk to Him in prayer about it. We need to be dependent. We need to pray about everything all the time. We need to learn to be dependent on God. So I've told you this morning that um, prayer is powerful. Prayer goes where we can't go. Prayer gives us insight. Prayer is how God has chosen to provide for our needs. And one last thing, prayer defends. Might not have thought about it that way. But what is our greatest spiritual weapon? Right? Our greatest prayer is our greatest spiritual weapon in the battle that is continuing to be waged. I often think about what it says in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12. Right? Ephesians chapter 6, you go through the, um, uh, to the armor of God, and then you get to verse 12, and it says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against uh, principalities, against powers, against the rulers of, of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Do you know what that tells me? It tells us is the fight is not really between me and you or you and whoever you think that your enemy is, right? You know, physically in the flesh. But it is a spiritual battle, a spiritual warfare that is taking place. Book of Daniel, Daniel even shows us that the, the warring between nations that are taking place is actually a spiritual battle that is taking place. Listen to me. The only way our Christian brothers and sisters can help us win the spiritual battles that we face is through prayer. It is through prayer. Recognize that is where the battlefield is. It is in the spiritual realm. It is not in the physical realm. I've told you the story before, and I'm not going to tell it again this morning. But for me and Jennifer, that in our own lives, that was eye-opening. That was day and night difference. That made all the difference in the world. The moment that me and her both realized that this is a spiritual battle in a spiritual realm that is taking place. That's not us against each other or us against anyone else. But it is a spiritual battle that is taking place. I say that because here's my point and I'm quitting. I truly believe that the success of our Christian walk, the success 
of this church reaching lost people, the success of our ministry of a whole, as a whole is dependent on your prayers. It's dependent on my prayers and your prayers. Whether or not, you know, I look around and, and uh, uh, you know, it seems like anymore any we have... We have people dying faster than we have people that are, uh, you know, people that are coming along, right? I, I mean, I've seen, I'm going to be honest with you, in the last just little bit, I've seen more people pass away, right? I've seen more people get their ticket to heaven than I've seen people get saved. I think the success, our little congregation, our walk, personal walk with God, uh, our church as a whole, our ministry uh, as a whole in this community and, and, and beyond is dependent on our prayers. What kind of prayer life do you have? You might say, why, how do you put so much on that? Well, what I read to you in verse 16, James five sixteen. The part where there, the second part of the verse where it says, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. You know what that says? That says your prayers make a difference. If anybody who is right with God, their prayers make a difference. That's why uh, I believe uh, Henrietta Myers said, prayer moves the hand that moves the world. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man, and it just means man is in mankind, man or woman, availeth much. It makes a difference with God. Your prayer, right? Uh, when you're right with God, your prayer moves His hand, and His hand is what moves the world. So I ask you this morning, as Jennifer is coming for a song of invitation, what's your prayer life? Have I been preaching to the choir this morning? Is everybody here, I mean, you're like, man, I already pray without ceasing. How can I pray more than that? Or are you kind of like me and it's not, not where it was and sure not what it ought to be? When somebody asks for your prayers, do you take it serious? If you don't take somebody, uh, our Christian brothers and sisters' prayer requests seriously, seriously pray for them, how do you expect the world to take us seriously when we offer to pray for them? Would you stand to your feet? I want to open the altar and I want to give you a chance to come this morning. If the Spirit of God is dealing with you, if you've got a need, if you've got a heavy burden, whatever it may be, uh, would you come this morning? Don't miss this opportunity. Would you come this morning? Uh, there's a lot of needs here, a lot of things going on. Uh, would you come this morning? Uh, maybe you're standing back there and maybe you've realized for the first time that you're not where you ought to be, right? Maybe you realize that you're not where you ought to be with God. Now's the time to come and make a change. Now's the time to make, come and 
make a difference. Maybe your heart is burdened with somebody right now that you need to be praying for. My goodness, God's speaking to you this morning. Don't miss this opportunity. Would you come this morning? Whatever the need is, whatever the burden is, don't miss this opportunity. Would you come this morning? Would you come this morning?